It's time once again for our broadcast, Good News and Better News, where we spend 22 minutes advancing the theory that life really does not suck. And now, here is our host, author, screenwriter, and podcastman, Jonathan Richard Kring. Good afternoon, one and all. Let me tell you right off the bat that his name was definitely Sean. You see, I, I don't know his name because Sean is my grandson or because he's my nephew. I, I know his name is Sean because his mother kept repeating it, shouting it, pleading it and begging it throughout the entire grocery store the whole time I was in there picking up my stuff. The little fellow was stuck in the sticky uncertainty between age four and five. It was obvious. It was obvious to me that Sean had taken a lengthy course on the subject of his mother. He knew this woman. And it was also completely obvious to me that he had gotten his doctorate on handling the woman because she reasoned. Oh, and she did. She was, she, she could have won peace in the Middle East. She was so practical and so willing to explain things. She pleaded and then she, she bargained. And each time she did this, she used his name. Sean, you remember, we discussed this back in the car before we came in. We were not going to do this today. Not this week, remember? Oh, 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 Sean, get, 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 your, get your fingers off of that fruit. Other people are going to want to take it home and eat it without your germs. Sean, don't pick your nose. Sean, didn't I tell you not to open that candy bar, remember? I told you when we got to the car, you, and now you've opened it and you started eating it in the store. Yeah. You see, although this mother, I, I have no criticism of her as a human being or as a person. She was loving and sincere. Her exasperation was beginning to wear through, making it obvious that her frustration was nearly in full bloom. Sean, on the other hand, oh, Sean, he was a veteran of many wars. He was a veteran of many wars with her. He was unmoved by her statements, completely confident that he was in control of not only his mother and her emotions, but to a certain extent, he was in control of the whole goddamn store. We all were at the mercy of Sean's next misadventure. Because occasionally, mother would look over at us passing by, hoping for some support or 
sympathy. And I know, I know, I know, I know, I know, I know that's what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to look at young parents who are following completely irrational practices and pity them because their children are presently for this moment at least <laughs> out of control. Do you see me? Am I the only hapless person who has such an offspring who I love dearly. I give my life for them. But they're right now they're out of control. We, we forget, see, you know, and um, this is something you have to remind yourself of. What comes out of a woman's womb is really not human. It is a creature. Before you reject what I'm saying, would you allow me to make my case? This creature comes out, it pees without apology. It poops without warning. It drools. It vomits everything you offer to feed it. It requires burping. It cries for seemingly no reason. And my, meanwhile, it can't walk. It can't talk. It can't communicate in any known way. And actually, it's sometimes barely able to affix its glance on a single object before it. It has the mentality of a dog, a very cute dog, don't get me wrong, a, a, a puppy. Except it is not nearly as teachable or lovable. Yes, my dog was always nicer to me than my two-year-old. You see, it's our responsibility. Yeah, there's that word. Ugh. It just, it's hard to begin a discussion with people by saying, it's your responsibility. <sighs> the ears tend to close up. The brain tends to shrivel back in fear at such a notion that there's a responsibility involved, but there is. It's our responsibility as parents to take these, these um, globs of human tissue and turn them into people. And this does begin between that age of zero, birth, and five. And even though many folks would tell you that parenting is complicated, it's very complicated, very difficult. You see, we think we make great brownie points around uh, with other people by simply saying, boy, it's complicated. It's, woo, that's a difficult one. What complicates parenting? is our desire to come up with a unique approach and do it differently, do it our, our way, the way my wife and I, the way my husband and I have decided to do it, which always ends up meaning we do it poorly. 
That's because we have an idea that our parents really were not that great. And we can do it better. I don't like the way they handle things. I'm going to, I'm going to be better than my dad. I'm going to watch me, Mom. I'll show you some mothering here. But see, if you have a child under the age of five, there is only one thing that child needs to learn, and they need to learn it before they're allowed to become part of our family called the Earth Family Human. And that thing is no means no. If you do not teach the child this simple principle, he or she will go into adulthood unconvinced that no means no, that the child will believe that as even as an adult, that he or she can always cajole, beg, threaten, cheat their way into what they want. Even though the original answer given was a definite no. Young parents, and we all were young parents, we always spent too much time worrying about damaging children. Who, by the way, amazingly, seemed to be nearly indestructible. I know when my sons were little guys, I, I, I would see them take a fall, and they would. I, on one occasion, they even hit their head on a coffee table. And I was completely convinced at that point that I was on my way to the emergency room and that later that night there would be brain surgery. But it was weird. Generally speaking, these, these, these little dudes, they just rise to their feet. They shake it off. You keep an eye on them for a while, but many times they don't even cry unless they notice one of the two parents looking at them with great fear and apprehension, and they decide to cash in on it. But I will tell you, it's virtually impossible to break their spirit simply by saying no. It's more likely you're going to break a child's spirit by saying yes too often or by coming up with that neutral answer. We'll see. We'll see. They know what that means. If I push you enough, you will give in so you can still breathe air without hearing me. I don't know when we expect our children to learn that the normal answer in life that we get is no. Because usually when we want something or we're clamoring for something or we're chasing it, we are told by all the forces around us, nope, nope, can't have it. Because our human success is not determined on whether we can convince someone not to say no, but by whether we can adjust, accommodate, rebound from the nose. 
not take them personally and walk away from that request until we find something that we can approach and receive a yes to. I'm, I'm not going to try to teach a class here on the raising children or even put out a series of podcasts on how you can better raise good American beef-fed children. Or, sorry, I'm a little out of time. Good American vegan children. This is something that every parent must work out on their own and in their own way. But certainly, there are, throughout history, with Homo sapiens, people, necessities that must be imparted that really aren't about parenting. And if these things are not given to the children, then we don't just have a traveler with a personality difference. But usually we end up with someone with a personality disorder. If your kid cannot learn that no is no by the time that he or she is five years of age, you have got huge problems going forward. And someday it won't just be you. The whole world will suffer with your little Sean stomping his feet. It'll be his wife, maybe his friends, his boss, and of course every person he encounters in traffic on the highway because they just won't give in to his will. There are two different things parents must stop doing if they want to establish that no means no. Number one, stop explaining. They are kids. They're, they're dumb. They don't understand your explanation. They don't even know why you're explaining. They don't know why next time we come to the store means next time we come to the store instead of this time we come to the store if I can just annoy you enough. They live in the moment for the moment and have no regard for any other moment. So don't explain. Say no. And if they object, put them somewhere by themselves, privately, where they can object to the walls and you, the parent, do not have to hear it and develop coronary disease. You've heard enough of this. You cannot stand to constantly listen to whiny, childish voices and think that it won't affect you or that you will not eventually give in either to their will or, dare I say, your temper? That lies there, doesn't it, too? So find some place in the house where your kid doesn't like to be, where they won't hurt themselves, and then when they forget that no means no, place them there, well out of your earshot. Come back occasionally and ask them if they're ready to join the family again, the human race, as it were, and don't let them out until they are. 
if you spend too much time explaining, you are in danger of the second thing happening. The second thing you should never do, and that is don't complain. Number two, don't complain. Your children hear you talking to others about them, discussing your feelings, your misgivings about them, so they know how to stomp on your last nerve until they get their will. They hear you tell others that you would never beat them, slap them, or spank them. And even though you shouldn't do that, don't advertise to them that you won't. Keep them guessing. Therefore, short of pain, they will take you right to the edge of sanity. Don't ever let those little boogers think that they got in on you. When you discipline them, produce that eerie, spooky smile. Don't act like it's killing you to do it. And don't pass on the impression that you're complaining about them, letting them think they have any power to twist your mind, your will, or your soul with their actions. This is something that definitely needs to happen. Preferably, preferably between the ages of zero and five. Now, 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 don't get spooked though if you're past that window. We're going on other podcasts, we'll get to that. We can explain, we can talk about if you didn't get it done in that time frame, how you can address it now. But for today, if you got one under five, no means no. If you're still there, sit down with your partner and agree. No has to mean no. We're not going to explain, and we're certainly not going to complain. Remember, you did not birth the Messiah. I am going to venture to guess you did not give birth to the Dalai Lama. The little girl you gave birth to is probably not Mother Teresa. You birthed a blob which has to be formed, directed, and molded into becoming a decent human being. And that begins with learning that no means no. Sean's girlfriend in high school will be grateful that you taught him that no means no. The person he gets in a fight with at his dorm who threatens to hurt him will survive and not be assaulted because you taught Sean. No means no because the good news is enough human beings have survived youth that we can be confident that it is possible. And the better news is to become a good human being, it is, it is essential to be aware that no means no. That's it for today. Stay tuned next week when we will gather once again and find ways to put the pin back in the grenade. 
Be sure to subscribe and follow us on social media and at goodnewsandbetternews.com.